Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, September 7th, and we start with local news. The city of Spring Hill, in close collaboration with Columbia Power and Water Systems, is addressing the is continuing to continuing to address the water service challenges necessitating the temporary irrigation shutoff currently in place throughout the Spring Hill community. As of Tuesday afternoon, repairs have been made to the mechanical issues within the CPWS system. While the system has been repaired, the current irrigation shutoffs in place at this time will continue as the system restores to full capacity. There is no current time frame for when these restrictions will end. Currently, Spring Hill residents are asked to continue their voluntary shutoff of irrigation systems. Large commercial properties in Spring Hill are still under a mandatory shutoff. City officials have been in constant communication with CPWS throughout this endeavor. The cooperation and coordination between the city and CPWS are aimed at minimizing long-term inconvenience to residents while maintaining the highest level of water service for essential needs. If you have any questions or require additional information, please contact the City of Spring Hill. You can email the Communication Department at commdept at springhilltn.org. The Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce hosted South Star Holdings at its most recent luncheon to update the business community on the ongoing project behind the crossings. That includes a future regional U.S. Tennis Association facility. Glenn McGee, president of South Star, said this project has been unconventional from the start, but that once it's completed, it will be a shining example of what Spring Hill can be. Our goal was to create a very special project that was truly a sense of place and destination in nature. The name will be announced very soon, he said. This project will be one of our greatest. I believe this will be a recognized project throughout the Southeast, he said. According to McGeehee, the project wouldn't be possible without the U.S. Tennis Association's backing. We put together a model without tennis. What if tennis doesn't come? Will this work? We met with the city and they said, no, not interested. It's a great mixed-use project that you're looking at, but we really want tennis. That's what we wanted to hear from the city. What was the level of commitment from the city on tennis, he said. USTA's facility will have a major impact on the area, including regional tennis tournaments and local pay-for-play options. From a major tennis perspective, that's not what this facility is focusing on. Regional tournaments will get people spending money and dollars. You never know, he said. The facility is designed in such a way that you could hold an event. There is the potential for that. No guarantees, he said. McGee said he and his team visited the USDA facility in Orlando, Florida, which helped to sell them on the idea of building a community around their idea. We drank the Kool-Aid. That facility is world-class, he said. We can go on and on about the benefits for those who might want to pay to play there or those who want to get the experience who might not be otherwise able, he said. South Star has gone through much of the city's process to this point and has made concessions that are unusual compared to other projects, McGee said. The city told us they were not going to give us any certificates of occupancy until the road is in. That's not typically how you do it. Typically, you will phase your way into development without this giant upfront cost of two miles of road. We said, makes sense, McGee said. We're going to need you to give the land and the development along with off-site improvements to the USTA, which is about a $15 million give on our part. 
If you do this, we'll partner with you on the tax increment financing process for infrastructure and building a public parking facility, he said. There's another large give, but it will have tremendous economic impact for this community and for this project, all in our goal to produce that sense of place, he said. The Connector Road is set to begin construction after the first of the year in 2024, but the Tennessee Department of Transportation is already working on adding lanes to the exit ramps off Saturn Parkway. There are plans to widen Kedron Road from the development to Highway 31. McGeehee said the South Star project will butt up to the historic Spring Hill Battlefield, and the developer is committed to upgrading the historic site by adding a parking lot nearby, along with a stake and rider fence. Next door is home to the Spring Hill Battlefield. Many of you know a lot about the history in this community, and we knew the history. We've developed other sites that are very historical in nature, and you've got to deal with those things up front, he said. We had conversations with the Battlefield Trust and what they thought about a project like this. We've had a great relationship with them from the very beginning, even some collaborative efforts as we move forward that we believe will not only highlight what's going on here, but enhance the experience, he said. We'll put a stake and rider fence around their site. It sets the site apart. That is something historical in nature and will be preserved, he said. McGeehee told chamber members the impact on schools will not be as large as one might think for a project with 1,490 dwellings. He and his team estimate, based on their studies, the project will yield about 150 children. The economic impact, however, will be more than sufficient to cover those pupils. There are insignificant county taxes on this property, and over 20 years it would create about $15,900 for schools. Through our studies, the same 20-year time period from the go-forward date, which is about three years from now, we estimate about $59 million going towards schools, he said. When we were having conversations with the county, they were concerned, but once they did their studies, they determined that our numbers were accurate, he said. South Star will name the project in the coming months and begin construction in 2024. Columbia State Community College will host Homeschool Tennessee Promise Information Nights at each campus during the month of September. Columbia State recognizes that homeschool families are sometimes unaware of the deadlines associated with Tennessee Promise, said Sissy Holt, Columbia State Vice President of Student Affairs. Completing the application by November 1 is essential for high school seniors to remain eligible for the scholarship. We're happy to partner with the Ayers Foundation and Tennessee Achieves to support these families with this assistance no matter where the student plans to attend, she said. Tennessee Promise is a statewide program that allows graduating high school and homeschool seniors the opportunity to earn a degree or certificate from a community or technical college regardless of financial status. Tennessee Promise is a scholarship, mentoring, and community service program that began in the fall of 2015. It provides students with a last-dollar scholarship, meaning the Tennessee Promise will cover tuition and fees not covered by the Pell Grant, the HOPE Scholarship, or Tennessee Student Assistance Award Funds. A critical component of Tennessee Promise is the individual guidance each participant will receive from a mentor who will assist the student as they navigate the college admissions process. In addition, participants must complete eight hours of community service prior to each term enrolled, as well as maintain satisfactory academic progress, meaning a 2.0 GPA, at their institution. At the Homeschool Tennessee Promise Information Nights, students and their parents will gain knowledge on Tennessee Promise, receive assistance with applications, and be given tutorials on how to access the Tennessee Student Assistance Corporation grant website to begin the application. 
Any in-depth questions will be answered by a Columbia State Financial Aid Representatives or Ayers Foundation Tennessee Achieves staff. To view the full list of steps to apply or to sign up, please visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash TNPromise. The city of Spring Hill plans to honor the memory and legacy of one of its former business leaders by renaming a multi-use trail located in the Kingsley Place mixed-use development off Old Port Royal Road. Jim Grimes, who formerly owned Auto Body Advantage, served the city for more than 15 years, including his work with the Well Food Pantry, Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce, and as chairman of the Economic Development Commission, in addition to contributing to several community events, groups, and programs. This includes restoration of the Spring Hill Fire Department's antique Firebell fire truck in 2014. Grimes' life was tragically cut short April 19, 2021, when he was murdered at his Linville home. He was a very loving person who was taken from us in a very violent way, and we want the, his love for this community to be what stands in our love for him, Spring Hill Chamber Executive Director Rebecca Melton said. A request to dedicate the multi-use trail in Grimes' honor was brought before the Board of Mayor and Aldermen on Tuesday, where it received a unanimous vote of approval. The trail in question will be located directly across the street from his former auto body business. Mrs. Don Grimes is an incredible human who has been through a lot, but we stand by her, support her, and appreciate this being taken into account, Parks and Recreation Director Casey Williams said. Melton added that the trail's proposed dedication is a great way to honor Jim. He was part of the team that hired me seven years ago and was a good friend and trusted advisor, which he was to so many, Melton said. We've been working with the family in a way to honor him, his legacy, and what he did for this community as a business owner, a philanthropist, and so many more things. We really wanted to have his name attached to something in the community he loved and served, she said. Local financier Will Tenpenny also spoke Tuesday, saying that the dedication will serve as a positive conclusion to a tragic event. It's been a hard few years, and this community lost a giant, Tenpenny said. We need to remember those giants that helped build the city, and Jim and Don are both those kinds of people who helped to do so much. This is an unbelievable opportunity for us to be able to name something after Jim for what he did for this community. Spring Hill Mayor Jim Hageman concluded Tuesday's discussion by saying while he did not know Grimes personally, he certainly understands the impact he had on Spring Hill during his life. In this position as mayor, as I went around the city shortly after this tragic event happened, he had a legacy and a statement in this community that is just a testament to who he was, Hageman said. Blessings to his wife and for coming here and staying strong, he said. It's not every day that someone is tasked with commemorating a piece of history that will last many lifetimes, especially when you live in a hometown of a former U.S. president. The Pokes at Preservation Park project is entering its home stretch of completion with an estimated opening in early November. The project will include renovating the Pocket Park located at the northwest corner of West 7th and North High Street in Columbia, along with a couple notable guests to celebrate the revitalization, former U.S. President James K. Polk and First Lady Sarah Childress Polk in shiny bronze form. The statue of James and Sarah Polk are being designed and created by local sculptor Jennifer Grisham, a lifelong artist who has sculpted many iconic works, her most recent being a life-size statue of country music icon Minnie Pearl for the comedian's hometown in Centerville. Columbia City Council approved the project in April of 2022, placing it into the hands, quite literally, of Grisham. 
Once finished, the statues will be featured at the border of the city's arts district. To be commissioned to commemorate arguably Columbia's most famous resident family, Grisham said, is an honor I can't even begin to, to describe. I was very pleased to be given the opportunity to, to commemorate the Pokes because they're hometown folks. I think this will be a big tourist draw. You have the Poke home, which is beautiful, but now you have something different, Grisham said. One of the joys Grisham finds in sculpting, she said, is researching the subject of the piece. For James and Sarah Polk, this included reading books on each, as well as examining portraits and historical photographs from when the medium was in its infancy. I didn't realize how powerful of a first lady Sarah was until I read the book Lady First. There are also some old photographs of James, but the process was so slow, nobody ever smiled, Grisham said. So what I did was try to blend what people have seen with the paintings and portraits with those old photographs. When the final statues are made, he'll be five feet eight, and she'll be five feet two. The project has been a longtime city strategic planning goal, coming in at an estimated cost of some $200,000, funded via city tourism and general fund dollars. City manager Tony Massey noted that the Pokes at Preservation Park project dates back about five years and has taken many iterations throughout that time, at first featuring other Tennessee presidents, Andrew Jackson and Andrew Johnson, as well as First Ladies Park with Sarah Polk sitting on a bench. Finalizing the project to solely feature James and Sarah together, especially considering the significance of the location, felt most appropriate, Massey said. This project goes back about five years, and we've had different variations of it off and on, different concepts that were discussed, Massey said. We not only wanted to honor James K. Polk, but Sarah as well, since she was quite the individual in her own right. You could almost argue that she can be considered the first modern First Lady because of how she took it from more than just a ceremonial position, he said. Massey added that the renovations will also include replacing the brick and stone features, as well as upgrading the park's fountain. There will also be two historical markers added to the park. Most of the renovations are expected to be completed by the November goal, but Massey said a few other features might take a little longer, such as replacing the fountain. We're going to try and get as much of it done by November as we can, and we feel confident that we'll get a lot of it, if not all of it done, Massey said. The historic markers will take a year to get, and so we know we won't have those. With replacing the fountain, we may or may not get that done in time. It just depends on how long the delivery would be. It'll be something to see, something noteworthy, he said. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder said he's excited to see this years-in-the-making project come to fruition, especially when the plan was to coincide with a recent West 7th Street revitalization project. I'm really excited about this project and one we've been talking about for quite a few years now. And while some of the delays have been frustrating, they actually kind of benefited the project as a whole because the project is now going to be much better, have a much better end result than the initial phase, Mulder said. It will be a great place to visit with the historical markers providing a story to the park itself and will blend in well as you enter the downtown district, he said. The intention for the Pokes at Preservation Park is indeed to include another way to preserve and celebrate Columbia's history. But there are other ways that will also create a positive effect. The art form of displaying bronze statues depicting notable figures has been a much celebrated tradition, especially in big cities like Nashville, New York, or Austin, Texas. It is also a trendy thing to get your picture taken with them, sharing it on social media and promoting the town as a must-see destination. I'm just thrilled to see this come to fruition and to see that we are finally approaching a grand opening date is so exciting, Columbia Tourism and Marketing Director Kelly Murphy said. 
And Jennifer Grisham is just awesome. To see her work and the intricacies, the details, everything she does is just amazing. It breathes new life into the presidential home as a whole as an attraction and is another way for people to experience it when they come to Columbia, she said. Murphy added that she hopes the project can reach its estimated November date and that a proper reveal ceremony can take place. The sculptures will not only attract new visitors to Columbia, urging them to learn a thing or two about local history, but also gives locals a new way to appreciate it as well. This will just elevate the experience there and will be located across the street from our president's ancestral home, Murphy said. If people stop by the park, it might inspire them to learn more about James and Sarah. Take a tour and enjoy the gardens. It just elevates that entire experience and gives us so much more to talk about with visitors. I'm so excited to see this finally happening, she said. The only thing remaining is to ship the statues to Atlanta, where they will be cast in bronze before their installation. It feels good, and I'm glad I was able to do it, Grisham said. I'm very pleased with how it turned out, and I hope that I've done them justice, and I hope people like it too, she said. Brenda Goodwin, MD, recently joined the Murray Regional Medical Group Endocrinology Practice. Dr. Goodwin obtained her medical degree from the University of Tennessee Health Science Center in Memphis and completed her residency at Alton Oaksner Medical Foundation in New Orleans. Dr. Goodwin went on to complete a fellowship in endocrinology and metabolism at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. She has been an endocrinologist for 20 years and brings a great wealth of knowledge to Murray Regional Medical Group Endocrinology. Dr. Goodwin is board certified in internal medicine as well as endocrinology and metabolism. At the practice, Dr. Goodwin joins Dr. John McRae, Dr. Bushra Osmani, and Carolyn Champion, nurse practitioner. Conditions treated include adrenal disorders, diabetes management, osteoporosis, parathyroid disorders, pituitary gland disorders, and thyroid health. For treatment at Murray Regional Medical Group Endocrinology, patients should be referred by their primary care physician. Physicians. Murray Regional Medical Group Endocrinology is open Monday through Friday, 8 until 4.30 p.m. The practice is located at 854 West James Campbell Boulevard, Suite 100 in Columbia. For more information, visit www.murrayregional.com forward slash endocrinology. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of around 80 degrees. Winds will be out of the northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect mostly clear skies and a low of 59. Winds will be light and variable. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer. And why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856. 
people you can rely on. Family first. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. And now the best man. Uh, I was going to plan this speech out while I got my oil change, but I went to take five and it was a lot faster than I thought. So here he goes. Okay. Tim, you were my first friend. Angela, you were my first. (laughs) Yeah, I never thought the two of you would make it, but I guess love really is blind. No, no, no. I mean in a good way. At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay in your car 10-minute oil change. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. 
For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association. Funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Top seniors at every public and private high school in Tennessee will be guaranteed a spot at any UT system campus they apply to, including the flagship Knoxville campus, under a new policy the UT Board of Trustees is expected to vote on September 9th. This guaranteed admissions policy would go into effect for students applying to start school in the fall of 2024 if it's approved. Students and families will need to meet the application deadlines and one of three criteria to receive a spot. The criteria are finish in the top 10% of their graduating class, achieve a 4.0 or higher grade point average, achieve a 3.2 or higher GPA, and a composite ACT score of 23 or higher, or an SAT score of 1130 or higher. This also means that if a student doesn't finish in the top 10 of their class, they can still receive guaranteed acceptance if they meet one of the other two criteria. There are some additional notes. Class rank and GPA will be based on the semester transcript following their junior year. UT Knoxville uses a weighted core GPA to calculate a student's GPA in 16 academic subjects. ACT and SAT scores are required for applications, and UT Knoxville requires a minimum math and English ACT subscore of 19. The UT system is trying to ease stress on high school seniors trying to get into a UT school. UT system president Randy Boyd said that the system will try to notify seniors in the top 10% early so they can begin applying. Boyd said the initiative is a continuation of the system's efforts to make higher education more accessible. Typically, we're underrepresented in some of our inner city schools and some of our rural schools, and this we think will be an equalizer in giving students and those students a better chance, Boyd said in an interview. That's one of the things that we're striving for is that our student body reflects the population of the state. If you admit top 10% of every high school across the state or they're eligible, it gives us a better chance to be more representative, he said. There were 64,580 students who graduated from public high schools in Tennessee in 2022, according to the board's agenda for the September 9th meeting. Under the Guaranteed Admission Initiative, about 6,400 students from last year would have qualified. Enrollment leaders at the flagship Knoxville campus project 5 to 10 percent more applications from in-state students for the fall of 2024. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Hattie Jane's, a local ice cream shop, has just released its fall and special flavors for the season, including toasted s'mores, which features toasted homemade marshmallows, homemade graham cracker crumbles, and a fudge swirl, and dairy-free salted caramel with apple butter, which features dairy-free salted caramel with locally made apple butter swirl with apples from North Alabama. Styling expert, photographer, cookie connoisseur, and author Katie Jacobs has officially launched her flavor collaboration with Hattie Jane's Creamery, now available in all scoop shops. The brown sugar and cookie dough flavor features a brown sugar ice cream with cookie dough chunks and salted caramel swirl. The limited edition flavor is now available in honor of Katie's cookbook, the chocolate chip cookie book releasing on October 3rd and now available is now available for pre-order. The book includes more than 100 chocolate chip cookie and cookie-inspired recipes for everyone. Hattie Jane's shops are located at 5th and Broadway, 5055 Broadway in Nashville, 116 Church Street in Murfreesboro, and 16 Public Square in Columbia. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.